We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everybody. When I was uh, in college, and maybe I should just say this too, you know, one of my favorite things that happens in confession sometimes um, is a general thing where kids, don't worry, everybody's like, is he going to tell my sin? Yes. <laughs> the fourth row. No, just kidding. <laughs> but kids sometimes will say, you know, I, Father Brian, I sometimes get bored at Mass. And, and my response is, you sinner. <laughs> right? No. I always tell them, I say, when I was your age, I thought Mass was the most boring possible thing on earth, right? When I was in college and I had my conversion and I was diving into scripture and I was just coming to understand who Jesus was and that if this was the truth, it was worth living for. And I read a book. There's a book, I think it came out when I was in college. It's it's a book you should all read. It's really good. It's Scott Hahn's book called um, The Supper of the Lamb. Is that right? The Lamb's Supper? It's something like that. Yes, okay. It's, it's about the book of Revelation, but it's about the Mass. And one of the things I learned when I've read that, and maybe you've heard this, is you'll hear people say that the Mass is a piece of heaven on earth. Mass is a piece of heaven on earth. And I remember thinking, I was going through this, this radical conversion, and my heart was just on fire, and I remember my thought was like, not where I go to church, right? And maybe you've thought that. And I remember hearing that at different times, and I thought, you think, how could mass be what heaven's like? Right? And I, I just remember thinking the music was bad, and, you know, the, the homilies didn't seem relevant, and they, I didn't, it just didn't do it. I, I didn't understand. But it's true. And brothers and sisters, today, here's here's what's going to happen today. Our readings today are intense. And what everyone thinks they're about are about the end of the world, and they are. But they're about something much deeper than that. With today's readings, they come out of a, a worldview that says something so simple, but it is the deepest truth about your life. And that truth is that the entire world Every one of us in this church this morning and everything you see, the entire world was created for the worship of God. The entire universe was created for the worship of God. We don't get that sometimes as modern men and women. In our gospel today, Mark 13 Right? This, this is a hard chapter for a lot of people. They don't understand it. And we, we've, got, we've got a little bit of a, a roundabout homily today, but I hope to show you by the end of today's sermon. I hope you walk outside today and you see the sky and you see the mountains and you see everything around you and you say, this whole world was created for one reason. It was created for the worship of God. One of the ways the early Christians said this, they said, so what day of the week were Adam and Eve created on in the Genesis account? What number? 
Sixth day, right, the sixth day. And so people oftentimes, and that was Friday, and then the seventh day, God rested, right? And the seventh day, Saturday, that's the Jewish day of worship. And so the early church fathers, they understood and they would say, man was created on the sixth day to live in the seventh. The seventh day is the day of worship. It's the day of communion. It's the culmination of everything. And you and I don't always feel that way. Right? One practical thing I'll just tell you Sunday, and we'll probably come back to this. Who knows? Sunday should be the highlight of your week. So if you're living a life that is a life that lives to worship God, Sunday becomes the day not where I have to go to church or where I remember all the things I have to get done before I go back to work tomorrow. Sunday becomes the crown and the joy of your week. And it should be that way. I hope it's that way for you. So today in Mark 13, Jesus says this. In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Do you ever get scared about the judgment? I know you do. I did. Can I, one quick story. When I was a kid, I, I think I've probably told this story before, but most of you probably haven't heard it. When I was a kid, I had a recurring nightmare and... I had this dream, and in my dream, I was asleep on our family's living room couch. And every time I had this dream, within the dream, I would wake up, and Jesus was in the room, and he was holding my soul. Now, when you're a little kid, you don't know what a soul is, and it's hard to think of something that's not physical. So my soul was a little bone, and it was shaped like a cello. I don't know why. I was on crack. I don't know. But, but Jesus was holding my soul, and it had all my sins on it, and it were little tally marks, you know, and you, make, you, know, you do the diagonal one for number five, and, and he had a pencil, and he was erasing the tally marks. He was erasing my, I must have getting, been getting ready for confession. I don't know. But I was just fascinated in the dream, and I would stare at Jesus, and Jesus got the feeling, you know that feeling when you know someone's watching you and you can just feel it? Well, I could tell he had that feeling and he knew I was watching. And so he's, he's like erasing and he feels me watching him and he slowly raised his head and he looked right at me and he would go, <laughs> and I woke up screaming every single time. I don't know why, but I, that's the, like the only dream from my childhood I still remember. Today's, that's all you're going to remember from today's homily. <laughs> but I hope not. Today's reading from Mark 13, right, it sounds scary. Jesus says in those days, right, when, when he returns and he's going to come back, it says, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. That sounds awfully scary. But here's what we don't hear in that. Those are all things that God created in the Genesis story. Let there be light. 
God created the light and he separated the light from the darkness. The darkness he called night and the light he called day. And God saw that it was good. What happens, brothers and sisters, in, our, in Mark 13 today, and as well as Daniel chapter 12, is that it, the judgment of the world is that, brothers and sisters, sin undoes creation. Sin is the reversal and the undoing of God's good world. And there's lots of Old Testament background we won't get into with that. The world was made for worship. All the goodness you see around you, it finds its culmination. Everything builds, right? And and when the world is good, when you have a good life, right? G.K. Chesterton says the worst moment for an atheist, the absolute worst moment for an atheist is when everything goes wrong, or I'm sorry, when everything goes right, He says, when everything goes right, it's a terrible moment for an atheist because he is filled with joy and gratitude and there is no one to be thankful towards. When you and I look out on the world and everything's good and you say, Jesus, my life's not perfect, but wow, what a mysterious, magical, wonderful, beautiful world and life this is. I am loved. I love other people. There is truth and goodness. The natural thing that happens is to love God and to be grateful to him for everything we have. And the word the scripture gives for that is worship. Sin undoes creation. So here's what I want to get at. A lot of people have been scandalized by this reading. So at the end of our gospel today, Jesus mentions all those things. He says, this is going to happen. The world's going to fall apart. And he says, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away before all these things take place. Jesus, I know you're God, but boy, did you get that one wrong. And a lot of people have been scandalized in history and they've said, we thought Jesus was God, but he thought the world would end in his, in his generation. There's the you know, Seventh-day Adventists, not to pick on them too much, but they have a famous painting called The Great Disappointment. Seventh-day Adventists were started by their founder predicting the end of the world. And they all sold everything they had and they went out to this hillside and they waited for the end of the world. And it didn't happen. And I still wonder why anyone is a Seventh-day Adventist after that. I I honestly do. Sorry if you're a Seventh-day Adventist. Come talk to me. We have RCIA. (laughs) But here's the thing. Did Jesus do that? Did he predict the end of the world and he was just wrong? And of course the answer is no. Here's what he's talking about. Jesus is talking about the temple. The world is made for worship. The Jews believe the temple was the world in miniature. Now, hang with me. I know this is a little up here, but hang with me. The temple was the world and the universe in miniature. We know in the time of Christ, that veil that's torn from top to bottom was woven with the constellations of the stars. The menorah, right? 
the menorah has seven lights on it. Jews in the time of Christ tell us the reason there's seven lights is because it represents the five planets that people could see in the night sky at the time of Christ and the sun and the moon. The temple is filled with imagery that tells us that the temple is the world in miniature. And so here's the point. If the world, if the temple is like the world, it's a world in miniature, that means also that the world is like the temple. The universe was created for one reason and one reason alone. It was created for the worship of God. And Jesus says, all these things will come to pass in this generation. Does anyone know when, I know some of you do, the temple of God, the temple in Jerusalem, was destroyed in the year 70 AD. For the Jews, a generation is 40 years. When was Jesus crucified? About the year 3033. 40 years is a generation. And Jesus predicted that all this would happen right on the money. Because for the Jews, the destruction of the temple is the end of the world. Okay, what does this mean for us? I want to leave you with this today. One more point about that. Jesus, right? The temple's about the worship of God. Why did the temple, the, the, the curtain tears from top to bottom? Why? Because the true worship of God, the true worship of the Father, the temple never achieved it. The only thing that ever achieved it was when Jesus gave his life in perfect love and obedience and offered the one sacrifice that is the perfect worship of God the Father. That's why there's no more Jewish temple. Because the real way to worship God was made through the sacrifice of Christ. But I want to leave you with this, brothers and sisters. The world tells you and me this. It says it doesn't really matter. Everybody chill out. God's good. It doesn't matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter. Relax. It doesn't matter if you go to Sunday Mass. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The world was made for the worship of God. And the thing that makes the world new is us being here on Sundays, pouring out our hearts and our lives and our souls to the one who made all things good. Worship is the only thing that matters. People don't understand why we have this Sunday obligation. Brothers and sisters, the entire meaning of your entire life, your entire life is meant to be about the worship of God. And if you don't understand why it's important for you to be here on Sundays, you have missed everything. And the world says it doesn't matter because God's good and so he doesn't care. In our first reading, I want to leave you with this. In our first reading, a little bit further down in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel sees all these things and he says, on that day when God comes to judge the world, right, when this creation will be, will pass, but it will be reborn for the worship of God because the world is a temple. Those who are wise shall shine 
like the brightness of the firmament. Those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Creation is made new. The world is redeemed in the worship of God. And just a little further down, we didn't hear this today, Gabriel says to the prophet Daniel, Daniel, go your way and shut up and shut up. The words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white. Are you purifying yourself and making yourself white? Your holiness is not just about you. If you become holy, brothers and sisters, you help God to remake his good creation. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. Do you understand? When Jesus Christ was crucified, (laughs) darkness covered the whole land because his death is like the destruction of the temple. But it's reborn in his resurrection. The only thing that matters in your life, the only reason you were created, the only thing that matters, the only thing is your holiness. That your life is given completely over to God. And if you start living a life that is filled with righteousness and truth and love and forgiveness, Sunday doesn't become just this weird thing that has nothing to do with my life. Sunday is the, mo- the culmination. It is the moment of joy that gives light to my whole life. That during the week when I pray and I forgive and I love my neighbor and I love my God and I forgive my enemies and I live a life of righteousness, all of that comes to Sunday, to the first day of the week, when the Son of God was raised from the dead, when he began a new creation, when he renewed the world, when he taught us what it means to worship God. Lord, I want to worship you. Jesus, I want to forget all those things I think life is about. Lord, may my sin no longer affect creation. May it no longer undo creation. Lord, may my worship of you, may it renew my life, may it renew the life of those around me. Lord, grant us that we might not have any fear of these things, but that we might be wise that someday, Lord, Lord, someday, Jesus, may we shine like the stars in the heavens. Let us know.